Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We had some excellent studio guests. We did. Including comedian and Palace fan, Elliot Steele, who had quite an eventful trip to the uh, TalkSport studios, which you'll hear. That was good. Uh, Emil Heskey was in, former England striker. He was on good form. Um, Elliot Steele and Emil. That's Perfect. right. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, we had Don't Ask Me, a very thrilling one as always, and we had a bit of a chat, didn't we? Yes, that's it. That's it. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yeah, good afternoon, everybody. What a surprise that was, really. Chelsea. What's that? I, I did say to you... Oh, you're talking about Chelsea, yeah, are you? Yeah, I did, I did say to you there'd be a lot more entertaining to watch this season, didn't yeah. I, in pre-season? Mm, I was, and, well, I was, uh, yeah. I was at, at, at uh, the lane listening to your result coming through. Very impressive. Mm, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it, really. I, I mean, I thought it might... I said somebody it might be 4-0 today, but I think to us. <laughs> but there you go. So, uh, it was interesting. On Friday evening, mm. um, Jason and I were having a chat after the show, and I, said, I heard that uh, Alonso was going to play, and I went... Well, I think he's going to have to go to a back three with Alonso. You can't play a back four yeah. with him. It's a disaster. And, and Jason said, well, I don't know. They haven't had time to work on it. But fair play to Frank Lampard. That was good managing. They did have a back three. It worked. They were yeah. a lot more solid. Mm. And uh, As yeah. Pelicueta uh, played, didn't he? Yeah, they he, were, he, I think he's more comfortable in that yeah. system because he's got somebody covering him, you know. I saw a stat at the weekend that I was impressed with and I thought we might get the listeners going on this. Aspilicueta has not missed a training session for four years. I know, it's incredible, isn't it? Four years, that is impressive yeah. in the world of professional football, isn't I it? Know, it's amazing, isn't it? It's Turns out, rain or shine, no excuses, not, not, no, no colds, convenient no, hamstrings no. when it's minus 10 or anything. No, absolutely amazing. So well done to him. Um, if, if you can claim that, what, what have you done for the longest time without interruption? We're interested to know. If you can sit here and claim, I have not missed a blank or I've not done this, mm. I've always been there for X amount of years. So if you want to lay claim to doing something in the Azpilicueta envelope, do let us know this afternoon, talksport.com, text 81089, tweet to J. And uh, we're going to go through all the games with Motti and talk about all the stuff on the weekend, but uh, I, I played, well, I didn't play cricket, I went to watch uh, the Bunburys play, yeah. their annual game against Saracens rugby team. number of the, the team often turn out the Saracens side. Yeah, of course, a lot of them are involved in the World Cup. Yeah. they got 15 players at the World Cup Saracens, oh, which yeah. is incredible. Uh, and it may have been the, possibly the last ever Bunbury match. I think it's oh, wow. down to one a year now, and I think, you know, David's 
it's difficult. He's, well, let's he's, hope that's not the let's case. Let's hope that's not the case. But for years and years, he's provided so much fun for for so many people. It's mm. been it's been great. But yesterday's game was a typical Bunbury game, in as much as um, Perry Groves came on and bowled to Brad Barrett, who yeah. was playing really well, uh, the Saracens rugby player, and he, he hits this ball towards this bloke and. Uh, I'd heard before the game that this guy had never played cricket before. He was a mate of one of the people in the team, Pete Lee. And he, he, he was a footballer, a former footballer. This mm-hmm. guy played for Wimbledon and crew, Matt Mitchell King. Oh, yeah. And he said to Pete before the game, I, I hope the ball doesn't come anywhere near me. Never played cricket before. Anyway, Barrett strikes the ball, and I'm right nearby. I've got a great view of this. And if I tell you, not only it was the best catch I've ever seen at a Bunbury <clears throat> match, it was mm. Ben Stokes-like. Wow. Where was he fielding? On the boundary. But it was going for six. He thought, so that's long off, for... long on. Let's paint the picture. The long Where off. Was... Oh, yeah. You think it's going for six? Struck beautifully. Bloke leaps backwards, sticks out his hand, and yeah. catches it. Was <laughs> he a goalkeeper in his football no, career? I don't think so. It's obviously agile, good hand-eye coordination. Well, obviously, he's a sportsman, yeah. Yeah, but, you yeah, know, yeah. It was incredible. So uh, that was good. Um, David English, I mean, over 70, still bowling. He took brilliant wicket but one of the fellows there but the best you didn't thing, play did you Andy? I didn't play no, I'm, I'm gone now for cricket I'm, <laughs> I'm I gone I have I can't see the ball I'm too frightened <clears throat> of getting hit right so I'm, I tense up when it comes towards oh, me okay. so I'm, I think it's <laughs> that's a, not good is it's it it's enough now yeah. and uh but the uh, Bunbury's um, head of PR, Harry the Fish. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's he's not blessed with sporting talent. Let's be honest, he's a lovely man, but yeah. he's possibly the worst cricketer I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> let's be honest about it. That's nice. Isn't well, it? anyway, that's nice. And he goes into bat with this guy, yeah. and it was like basically it was Harry the Leech. It was a Jack Leach effort. They put on over 70. Yeah. Harry made one not out. Was he cleaning his glasses? I think he should have been. Yeah. He only, I think he only connected with one ball. He played and missed at about 25. Wow. But somehow mm. they didn't get him out. And uh, he's, yeah. he's doing this thing that where, I've never seen anybody do this, where he play and miss, he only, he's only got one shot, it's a sweep to leg. Yeah. So he plays the sweep to leg, he misses it, the keeper takes it, and then Harry holds up his arm to the bloke at the non-strikers and goes, no! <laughs> well, of course it's no! It's in the wicketkeeper's hands! <laughs> it was very good. My though. memory of that Saracens Brilliant. game in the past was um, a slightly inebriated Perry Groves keeping wicket. <laughs> yeah. To getting quite chippy with the Saracens boys. <laughs> was he keeping wicket yesterday? No, and he was quite annoyed about it. And he, right. he uh, John Salako was keeping wicket, yeah. and he just gave him pelters it, for every time yeah. he did something wrong. Not I that supportive. He, I think he missed three stumpings. Right? <laughs> no, he sledged him. I remember Perry with Jamie George. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's quite a big because guy. Because if I tell you Perry has four cans of Cronenberg where the helmet would normally sit, <laughs> um, if it hits it, I think it's five runs. <laughs> but he has he has a kind of liveness on the go. Yeah, hit, you are the umpire. <laughs> if it hits the Cronenberg. But uh, he no, was. Don't don't talk about it. you are the umpire. Yeah, <clears throat> he was. I'm doing this one for the fans. He was chirping <laughs> away. <laughs> chirping away at Jamie George and I thought he's going to get him in a minute it's only a matter of seconds before he is chasing him around the field but it was very entertaining anyway let's hope it's not the last game and we get a chance to see no, him absolutely. again absolutely um, story I love today involves um, leaving no stone unturned stone? no yeah. stone unturned yeah. uh, coach Warren Gatlin I don't think they're the only country doing this knowing that the humidity is going to be high and the rugby balls will be slippery mm. during the uh, World Cup have been um, finding ways to kind of get the players used to it in training. Yeah. And one of the ways they've done this is to rub baby oil on the training balls. That's a good idea, yeah. And I was thinking, <clears throat> I'm sure Warren doesn't do that, or Rob mm. Howley. That's mm. obviously... But somewhere, one of the coaches who's gone mm. out there to Japan 
a yeah. highly qualified Wales coach. Mm. So, so they say, oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I played for uh, 10 years, you know, and the top level. And then uh, yeah. after that, I went into coaching. I got an injury, went into coaching. And <laughs> six, seven years, did all my badges. And uh, now I'm in Japan rubbing baby oil into rugby balls. You know, <laughs> just, how did it come to this? It's, it's odd, isn't it? Well, quite a good thing. I'm quite surprised about this weather thing because I, I was, my son got married in Japan in the um, <clears throat> middle of September. In fact, I think it's the anniversary was yeah. on the weekend. And um, actually, I should have remembered that. I've only just remembered now. That's a bad thing. <laughs> Thing, isn't it? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> nice. You've been and he listens <clears throat> to the podcast. They I won't do apologize. Talk to you. Just do it now, then say, um, happy anniversary, Sam. Yeah, great, too morning. late now. Well done, yeah, it is too late. Yeah, and uh, we were there in, in September. And I, <clears throat> I remember the weather being quite mild, quite yeah. pleasant, but nothing extreme at all. So I've been surprised that it's they're expecting it to be so hot and humid. But right. there you go, maybe it was just that time. Okay, who knows? The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Well, Hawksby Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport, mm-hmm. making a welcome return to the studio just a few days after his dad. We like the Steele family coming oh, in. His mum's in Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> he's a comedian, Elliot Steele. Good afternoon, Elliot. How uh, are you? I'm, I'm very good, thanks. Uh, yeah, we yeah. had the old man in last week. He was on good form. Oh, lovely, mate. Yeah, I mean, it'd be good to come in at the same time as him. It'd be nice to see him once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we feel for you a bit because I, I remember once uh, I had to come in on the Monday and talk about Chelsea against Palace with Kevin Day and they'd lost. So it's always difficult when you, you know you've got a Spurs fan sitting yeah. right opposite you. I'm not a crower though. I'm no, I'm driving football be. calmer. And yeah. uh, you caught us on a good day, I think, and uh, we caught you on a bit of an off one. Well, I think Sacco, the idea he was going to shore it up, it was it was probably a game. You know, Tottenham away probably wasn't the, the day to bring him back. But I understand why they did. Nah, we we like I like I was I was uh, in Paris, mm-hmm. so I was just getting on a flight, and I thought oh, I'll just check uh, I'll just check the Palace Twitter, and I saw it was three 0 and then I've never had more of a like ah the plane can go down kind of flight. It doesn't. <laughs> no. I don't need to get to the other. And then you know it's a bad week when you don't watch match of the day when mm. you just go like I'm not going to bother watching it. I no. don't care. <laughs> and then I, I, I thought oh because I'm coming on this I better watch the highlights yeah. and see what happens. Yeah. We were not good. Like I wouldn't be surprised if the head of coaching of the defensive team is found dead in suspicious circumstances <laughs> as well. It was just abysmal, man. And it all it all came from down that left side. And look, Son was amazing. Yeah, like he is. And this is the thing as a Palace fan. And as a club that is, uh, you know, mid-table side, we we are a mid-table relegation side. Mm. You need these games to; they're good for you. They they go like, oh, this is what we are. Because sometimes you're going to get your fans getting carried away because yeah. we've played what four games and we were in a Champions League spot. Some of our fans were going like, oh, next year we could be, we should be pushing <laughs> for Europe. And you're like, we lost to Sheffield. Like, you need these like team where a team like Tottenham who are a great Champions League, you know, they're in the Champions League yeah. final, come through and just smack your team about, and you go, oh, this is a good thing. It's, just, it's like a, a reality check. You yeah, think, really. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit. It was a bit unfortunate. It's a few things I noticed. I love watching Wolf in the flesh. He didn't have his best day. He didn't really get much of a chance because. We're not a team that does tactical fouls that often, Tottenham. We, we, we normally wave them through like a friendly traffic cop yeah. and they score. But um, we did a lot and we got about five players booked for just tugging shirts and very little, really. Not particularly bad. Ta- I don't think it was a bad tackle from a Tottenham player. We got a lot of bookings. But I think Pep must have done a session with us last week <laughs> because we were the yeah. king of tactical fouls. Yes. And you can see why. I mean, a few times he went down very easy. Wilf, and that's obviously, much as it was with Klinsman and other players, 
part of the way he defends himself from injury and other things. But he does get tactically fouled. For us to keep doing it, tugging his shirt, getting in his way, body checking, oh, yeah. that is telling you something. Really. Oh, yeah, it's the way to stop it. Wasn't it Troy Deeney came out like uh, last season or two seasons ago and was just like... Watford's tactic against Palace. They were like, oh yeah, we were just uh, we just each, each took turns getting oh, yeah, yellow cards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in rotation. Yeah. But that's that's kind of part of it. Like I'm gonna moan about it because it's happened to my team this week, so mm. therefore it should be out and again. It's like when a VAR decision goes against your club. VA, they need to sort out VAR. What is it? But that week Palace <laughs> won, but when there should have been a goal to Aston Villa. Yeah. But VAR like failed and stuff. We were like, you know, so it's the same with the tactical fouling. Mm. We, they, you know, it's it should be kicked out of the game until we do it to somebody. <laughs> then it's fair play. It's part of the game. That's right. Yeah, it was a, yeah. You say you, caught, you on catch us on a very good day. Yeah, Spurs we were, always get going in September. Who knew that playing at tempo and uh, and pressing would, would make such a difference? But we, you know, uh, all same, the things we didn't do against same, Newcastle. The same every year with Tottenham. They, for some reason, they, I know they, the results weren't as bad. Newcastle result was bad, but they got a couple of decent away draws. But mm. even so, it's just something about them. As soon as September comes around, they start to play. They start to look like yeah. Tottenham. They start to look like the third best team in the country, mm. which is what basically they are, I think. Now, um, it's always good to see you, and uh, we understand, though, uh, on the way in, <laughs> yeah. you, uh, you, there was a case of mistaken identity to up to the studios. Yeah, I, I nearly... Uh, well, what happened was, uh, so it's explicit the listeners the where you come into the lovely TalkSport studio is there's like there's there's a few like offices here and stuff and you yeah. have to sit in this waiting area and someone comes down and gets you and you have to go through security and uh, I was sat there for a little while just on my phone this guy came up and was like hey mate and I was like oh oh hi and he was quite well dressed and stuff and I was like oh he's dressed up for TalkSport <laughs> <laughs> see that's how lower bar you set <laughs> 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 uh, we go through and we're like going to go to this lift he and was he... wearing a shirt so oh, he, yeah, he yeah. can't be oh, he can't be he didn't yeah, have a vest on button done up. Yeah, he didn't have a pair of Bermuda shorts and flip. can't be TalkSport <laughs> so anyway security is very strict here did you go to duty free on the way or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, this, this, yeah. so anyway yeah, so there you are you, bloke comes and finds you in reception so yeah so then I'm walking through and he's like yeah you know your interview is going to be uh, actually with Michael today because uh, John couldn't be in he's away for personal reasons I'm like well, neither, neither of they those finally people. got rid of those two he's, that you're thinking oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Time like, too. but Dad only saw him last Wednesday maybe that was the last straw <laughs> so I, I go like I thought I thought I was doing Hawksby and Jacobs what am I what am I interviewing for and he went are you not Luke <laughs> I went, no, I'm Elliot. You do he look went, a bit like I, a Luke. I look like a Luke. But then yeah. he goes, he goes. So you're not doing the job interview for News UK new project manager? Oh. And let me say, I'm wearing a camo hoodie with Nike. Air Force trainers and black jeans. If I'm doing this job, job interview, interview, I look like the most blasé, so confident I'm going to get this job yeah, yeah, I've yeah. turned up in this it's outfit. It's a great double bluff, though, isn't it? It's you thinking, look, just, it doesn't matter what I'm wearing, I could be naked, but you're going to give me the job anyway. Yeah, so yeah, I don't, just turning yeah. up the most confident. So I nearly came in to talk, so I just came in to moan about Palace. I nearly got right, project and manager and of and News I, UK. I wondered who Luke was. We just done 10 minutes with <laughs> Yeah, Luke, incredible. Luke was very good, actually. His tactical analysis yeah, of options, face. Years in defence were amazing. <laughs> he was fantastic. We're, he's going, we're going to get him back. <laughs> but true. it was a bit like that the, the old hapless cab driver who turned up at BBC News, wasn't it? And um, did you, I mean, was there, was there a point where you're thinking, this is an hour show in Edinburgh next year, I'll, I'll go with it? I was, I sat back down and I thought, I wish I'd, like, I'd wish I'd just got a bit further. But, like, I wish I'd got a bit further and not known. 
Yeah. So I just end up in a boardroom and I'm going like, I'm. When do you see yourself in five years' time and all this? <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Playing Wembley Stadium? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully working a few more weekends. <laughs> like, oh, oh, you want to work weekends? Great. That's all we need. At this club. <laughs> what kind of guy we need? That's what we're looking for. Fantastic. It's a sitcom pilot in there somewhere. It's brilliant. Um, so you are gigging now, aren't you? At the moment. Yeah, you yeah. Are, I'm all, um, all about the country at the moment. Yeah. All about. Um, I've got to do. I've got to do a plug because I've got a show coming up. At, as my my agent oh, if we talk about these things my, my agent's amazing he's, he's a great agent but what he does is he I do all these wonderful comedy clubs and uh, he he lives in Dartford so right. he goes ah, I don't want to go into London for that mm. so what he does is he goes uh, there's a gig in Gravesend I'll just book you for that and <laughs> we'll do our yearly we'll do our yearly meeting at this gig because I can't I can't be bothered he doesn't to want to drag him. all the way into town no, no. Uh, so I mean, what's got... Dartford in the town what's it about 25 minutes on the train? Oh, yeah, yeah, He's yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. committed to you, Elliot. It's, uh, he it's... must like the Tunnel Club, though. That's sort of in the area, isn't it? Oh, that's, that's not around anymore. That used gone. to be like... Savage the... Venue. Savage oh, Venue. That yeah, that was... Uh, that was uh, yeah. No, I know all about it, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, you're playing Gravesend. Gravesend. So if there are people, there are TalkSport fans in Gravesend, come come down, mm-hmm. uh, watch I'm doing my show. And I'll, I'll have a few more dates to announce soon as well. I'm sure I'll be doing like places in London and like I've got a few in Brighton that for some reason I can't announce yet, but I can't. Brighton? Yeah. Enemy territory. Oh, yeah, yeah. Smuggled in under I was there on the, the weekend, actually. The, 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 it's such a. I don't know why we're rivals with them. They're 50 miles away. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it is it's a good rivalry. It it's a good one, though, because it it's fearsome, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Rivalry. It's a huge, it's prop, huge rivalry. It's a proper rivalry. People try and play oh, it down, yeah. but it's a proper rivalry. And you're right, it makes it makes no How sense. How was uh, Edinburgh for you? Oh, it was wonderful. It was great fun. There, mm. There's a city with a proper rivalry, Hibs Heart. Sco- yeah. Scotland does rivalries properly. Yeah. Like, they don't play football properly. Mm. But they do. They, they know. Yeah. Well, you, had, you had all the Hibs and Hearts fans oh, inside what? then because you've not mentioned the Oh, what phone. are they going to well, do? Come on. What are they going to moan? What are they going to moan about their, their football show? I watched the. I was last year at a Scottish Rape stand at Ryder. We were just watching. I think it was a Rangers v Dundee. And halfway through the game, I realised there's only one camera. So if they showed a replay, it's just from the same angle, but yeah. in slow motion. Like you can't. It's not ideal, really. That's, that's, that's not, not perfect. Like, Elliot Steele is with us in the studio. We asked you just now after we discovered that um, Cesar Aspilicueta had not missed a training session for Chelsea for four years. That is impressive, that is isn't impressive. it? That's amazing. Um, and uh, I've never missed a day. Of, uh, I never missed that comprehensive score, says Anthony. Even when I was ill, broken bones, five years straight. People are boasting about their uh, continuous records. Mm. This one from Booga says, I've not missed a Eurovision finals night since 1977. Unbroken 42-year run. It is basically watching the telly once a That's year. That's watching, yeah, yeah. watching the telly <laughs> once a year. It's no Azpilicueta, is it? not really. It's not the same. <laughs> yeah. Definitely isn't the same. Andrew in Stafford says, 10 years without a day off. I was a dairy farmer, so I worked every day. So at least 3,650 days consecutively. Well, oh, we that's pat you impressive. On the that's that's, that's cow-ripkin-esque. Cow yeah. No, who's, who's going to milk them otherwise? You know, no one's going to do that. Oh, that your, the, the, the Eurovision guy should be ashamed after he's heard that one. Yeah, he should be. That's why he's out milking cows, mate, five o'clock in the morning. You watch three hours of fairly terrible telly once a year. <laughs> did, you, did you see this one? The weird start to the show today has made me anxious. I expect Motti to come on speaking in ancient Greek and Andy to remember verbatim all the don't ask me questions. Eddie, that could happen. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport.
Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sports. Elliot Steele, a comedian Palace fan with us in the studio. And Andy Smart's been in touch, friend of the show, ball runner, comedy store player, Farnborough fan, of course. He's claiming his own little Aspilicuet at the moment. Performed at every Glastonbury since 1985. Wow, it's that impressive. is impressive. That's good. 40 consecutive Edinburgh fringes. Well, I think that you like a social, don't you, Andy, really? <laughs> no great hardship, that, is it? Really. It's not like getting a training every day for four years. But anyway, it is top work. Thank you very much for that. I started work on the 11th of July, 1990. And have yet to have a day off, uh, apparently. Um, That's yep. ridiculous. Even got public transport, public pan, public transport, public <laughs> transport from Canvey Island to Wood Green. Half mile walk, then bus, then train to Fenchurch Street, walk to Bank Tube. This is very local knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Then to Wood Green <laughs> after fracturing my ankle playing Sunday morning football. Says Paul, the Spurs fan. Not your agent, by the sound of oh, this guy. No, no. <laughs> yeah, he won't leave Gravesend and or Dartford if you're that, doing it. That game. guy there. Yeah. That, I don't know you, Paul, the Spurs fan. I wish you all the best, man. But what's going on at home? <laughs> that Why do you need to be? What's happening? Now, talking of which, yeah. uh, my missus alerts me to this. I've not seen it. It's been doing the rounds on social media. And it says, apparently someone has done the numbers and is giving the heads up to people out there saying, uh, lads, if you get your wife pregnant this week, your two weeks paternity leave lands on Euro 2020. For goodness sake, that's, that's good. not the way you bring a life into the world. That's good thinking. That's a, it's, it's good thinking. Well, is that the early part of the I'm tournament or at the latter face? A mother there. She's appalled. She's appalled. Well, if someone is that the latter stages the or the early part of the tournament? Well, I don't know. I don't, you, you want it for the latter stages, really? I think because I think England are going to go quite far. I thought you should be shocked and horrified by this, Andy. Not oh. sort of working out the, 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 the optimum But what if someone has sat there and done the maths and? Said, look, this is a so you, you could have two weeks paternity. Have you, you ever actually you been get two weeks now? I thought well, you got is, it, is it more than that? If not, you don't live in now. Stockholm, do you don't get six months? There's <laughs> only two, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, if you've done two weeks uh, paternity leave, which I did in the past, of course, a couple of times. Mm. You don't get massive amount of sleep. Yep. It's a bit of a cold. If it's your first, you know, it's yeah. a lot. I mean, football, you, you'll be off. You'll be half asleep about ten minutes into the second <laughs> half. True. Yeah, I don't imagine it's. I don't imagine you get that paternity leave and they can just go. Anyway, I'm off down at the pub with the boys. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> yeah. You don't need me now, yeah. do you? New no, baby. no, no. It's all right. They they let kids in, and, but they, they, he's got to leave at eight. <laughs> you'll pick it up. Sleep deprivation. You'll honestly, you'll be fine. Yeah, that that wouldn't go down too yeah, well. No. But uh, well, what about that? Good thinking. Mm. Okay, anything else you want to tell us about, Andy? Well, I've got a new competition. Oh, yeah. I think if you like yeah. this. Uh, this happens in uh, Markov in Russia. Mm. Uh, and uh, they have a head chopping contest. Mm. But you'll be pleased to hear... Head not, chopping? Not with real heads. Oh, good. Or um, not with real axes would be better. No, they do. They use pumpkins in the place of uh, heads. Yeah. Some people have a very big head, obviously. Yeah. Man in Man in Sorry. So, but, they, they do, but they use pumpkins <laughs> instead of heads. Send that one out there. And the Russians have said, the Russians have said they would like it to be an Olympic sport. No, you can't see the head chopping. Can Maybe you? that's why Alan didn't go to Russia last summer. Yes. He knew. Why? Why? Why is it now that every weird hobby that someone does has to come an Olympic sport? Yes, yeah. why, like it's when true. rhythmic gymnastics got in, that was the death of the Olympic. <laughs> that is doing up shoelaces. That is not a sport. 
Wow. The, the, the cheerleading, they're trying to get cheerleading in. Yeah. Mm. Gabby Logan will be looking for you. That was Gabby's sport, of course. Uh, rhythmic gymnastics. She'll, well, it? she'll be hunting you down. It's not a sport. It's <laughs> you, nice any, the old ribbons. You, you can't, you any can't, sport that involves ribbons is You'd say any sport, sport that involves... It's not a sport. Not if a they sport. Brought, so if they brought ribbons into rugby league, <laughs> that would be... Well, the players have to... I don't know, the, 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 that's an aspect <laughs> of it. You know, or MMA. Did you see the boxing, by the way? Have you seen... Did you see... Uh, Tyson Fury's uh, eye. Have you have you seen? I saw, that? I saw pictures of it. Yeah, it terrific. It, it's yeah. a nasty. I was talking to Spencer uh, Oliver earlier on about it. It's a nasty cut. It really is a nasty yeah, it's cut. Take a bit of healing um, there, isn't it? And it's one of them. It looked quite deep, sort of inside and outside stitches, and it's going to take a while for him to get going. You can't see how it won't be delayed. That fight there against Wilder. It's a boxer man. Is it's the such a frustrating sport. Like we're at this point where we've got three now. We've even Vries up there taking that off Joshua. We've got so many good heavy and you want to it's for years we've all been going like oh there needs to be the Wilder Fury rematch yeah. and Joshua needs to be facing these two mm. and it's just because of all these promotions and stuff it's not happening so it's now getting to the point yeah. oh, and I'm a fan of all of them I love all of them but I want to see him lose just because it's like when Joshua lost it was like I could go to Eddie Hunt like ha good that's what you get yeah. That's what you get. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well done. If you'd given us the well, fights we'd want, it, this, you know what I mean? Well, Fury, they might, I mean, again, I was thinking, I was saying to Spencer, couldn't they have pulled him out? I said, well, they had have pulled him out. I mean, would it have made the difference to the Wilder fight? Because you could always say, look, anybody can get cut. Although it would have been a TKO because it was a yeah, punch. Yeah. So he would have lost the fight. But still, he didn't want to lose. He's a, he's he didn't a, lose but by the same it. token, yeah. you know, to fight for as long as he did, to carry on fighting for the rest of the fight when he's injured and cut in the third but, like that was pretty high risk. But also when you're playing, you know, playing, you're not playing, you're boxing. When you're mm. fighting against somebody that you think you should beat, it's not the same as fighting Wilder. It isn't, you know. And so his dad was really critical, wasn't he? He said it was Very one of critical his worst of the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said ever, he felt yeah. he looked tired after a couple of rounds. I, I do so. think one of the reasons VAR came about is this sort of relentless drive in modern life for accuracy. Everything's got to be, it's all got to be yeah. sort of, you know. And this bloke wrote to the Sunday Times yesterday and he said, Can any football referee explain to me why the laws of the game are not evenly applied? Referees zealously apply markings on the pitch as to where the ball can be placed and, and any wall of defenders should stand for a free kick. It's unfortunate they do not apply the same zeal when it comes to throw ins. Can you imagine oh. if the referee better start marking thrones? <clears throat> that, oh my god, that would be too much. But some people really think this; they get quite cross. <clears throat> oh, he didn't take it from the right spot, you know. Yeah, but, that's. Yeah. that's uh, I mean, it, 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 again, it goes both ways. It, it's every team does it. Like yeah. when, like if you do watch football, really, like if neutrally, mm. a lot of the time, it, it you start seeing your own hypocrisies in it. That's why yeah. it's great because I when I go down and watch Palace, I, I think everything's handball. Everything is handball. Mm. The keeper makes a safe handball. You know what I mean? But then when you just watch a game and you've got no vested interest, you're just watching the game for the game's sake, you really do see how many things both teams get away with. Yeah. Like, it it, it does work both ways. The only time I think it doesn't is when a huge team, well, like United back in the day, you know, when United play, I think they do get well, a, a bit of advantage. A referee, a referee once charge. told us, an ex-referee <clears throat> once told us that he, he when when Fergie was in full flow at the height of his powers, he would hate going to Old Trafford to do games. And he'd hate if there was a... He had to give a decision against Manchester United in the box in those early, the early moments of the game before the game had settled down. He said, because you'd be terrified. Didn't he? He yeah, basically said the last thing you wanted to do, which is probably why they didn't concede many penalties. Old Trafford, <laughs> that was the power of Fergie. I mean, anybody's got that kind of power. How, how is that? How is that allowed? Well, I mean, the referee, <laughs> see, the referee never said that publicly. <clears throat> no, right, they yeah. never said it, but they would never. 
private admission. Yeah. But England is it's pretty well known that like mm-hmm. Premier League refs like the English refs are up. Terrible. Yeah, like they're not. Oh, they're, they're not. <laughs> oh, good. blimey! I thought they're not bad. I think when you see champions, oh, I, I don't you, know. You watch Europa, I Europa League refs basically pressed out of the pubs yeah. an hour before <laughs> kickoff. You see some terrible referees, and that competition on some of the officials in that competition are. Oh, but you'll be in the Europa League next year, according to your family. Yeah, oh, you yeah, will yeah. be. Yeah. Well, oh, and that'll be disappointing because we should have made Champions League. It's ridiculous. Hodgson's got to sort it out. And, uh, oh. There is a funny the bit same. of footage of Roy talking to an empty chair. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. Uh, Roy, I mean, obviously, it's one of the coaches has got up and he's yeah. talking to him, but the way they've framed the shot, it looks like Roy's just chatting to a Recaro seat next to him. Oh, right. just like, well, he's very funny around here, isn't he? 4-0 and the, the, the bloke's not answering. It's like a white rabbit sitting there we can't see. Yeah. I, like, I like Roy Hodge. I think yeah. we're having fans who are going like, he's got to go, he's got to sweat. And it's just like, and and do and what what are we going to get him? Like he's he's good enough for what well, we've we made a good start. You, yeah. you say you caught yeah, us yeah. on a good day. You weren't quite at it, and you're like a very unlike you. Always create a brilliant atmosphere. Your away fans, but because the nature of the way we started and we scored those goals, they were. I mean, they were incredibly quiet. They just couldn't get going. Once well, so once uh, I think once you've conceded three goals in the first like twenty five minutes, yeah, it does yeah. it does suck the life out. Of your yeah, bit, start, start you know. Like, I don't leave games early, but you do start thinking like, oh right, I better look wonder what time I'm going. And this year, this year's. You know? Chelsea. I mean, even when the, when mm. when Wolves got two back, you're thinking, oh, oh no, not you, you killed the game. You we did need well to be five up it. before we can relax. That's great. It's, but, it's fantastic. A bit like us under uh, Aussie Ardiles all those years. Yeah, ago. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast 
from TalkSport. So, uh, Andy, have you got anything you want to discuss this afternoon in any kind of detail Jonathan Codger will be missing tonight after a clash of heads in training with mm. Marvellous Nakamba. Not that marvellous thing. <laughs> <laughs> not marvellous from his point of view. No, no that's very true. Um, um, what else have I got for you? Um, going back to the subject of what do you call players whose names are already nicknames? Oh, yeah. Um, Sam Morsey, for example. Sam Morsey. Um, what do they call him in the dressing room? Probably Morse. Moors, more so. I mean, more, but you can't more get more. So. But if if you've already got the nickname, what do you do? That's true. Yeah. Um, I've got a T twenty birthday spread if Pele's available. I mean, okay. He's normally available. We can get him to fly in. And uh, well, what, while we're waiting for him, shall I tell you something else from yeah, the world of rugby? Then. Shane yeah. Williams has been in to see us in the studio in the past. That's right. And uh, Shane's going to be a man in demand during this World Cup because he played rugby in Japan. Ah, and okay. uh, he played a bit of club rugby and uh, he told us about it he was in the studio yeah, that's, that's why we right. do Don't Ask Me yeah I know I remember now yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I do remember that, yeah. but um, he, he said the first, it was a bit of a culture shock the first ever game he went to hmm. 120 people watching as he ran out onto the pitch and you know we've often talked about that whole thing of like young players or players of mine in the squad cleaning the boots and do it sweeping the dressing rooms yeah. he said the thing he couldn't believe is his teammates who weren't playing in the game their job was uh, to stand on the sideline selling hot dogs popcorn and Shirts. Oh, that's great! So they get, I wish that happened now. I wish that happened in pre- the Premier League. Imagine if like, like, if like Ben Teke, Paul Ben Teke's not on the, and he's not on the bench, so he's standing there sort of selling hot dogs and stuff. Well, if you're not involved in I the like team, the if you're, that. that's ridiculous, isn't it? It'd be it a is. good way to deal with a player though that you thought you kind of wanted yeah. out. No, that'd be very the Romford branch, as we used to call it. But that's a long story. Anyway, Andy uh, Be- Pele, not Bele. not Bele. Yeah. Uh, it's a very happy birthday to the uh, Labour MP for Hampstead and Kilburn, Tulip Sadiq. Yeah. Uh, yes, he's one of these new MPs, and he arrived here actually after being brought up in Holland. Mm. Yes, Tulip's from Amsterdam. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Did you know that Manuel Pellegrini? It's his birthday today. Yeah. He's the same age as me. Who would you say looks older, me or Manuel Pellegrini? <laughs> I didn't, uh, Not a lot in it, is it? You, you've got a very, the pair of you have got a very different look. <laughs> He's more weathered than I am, I'd say. Okay. He, I, he spent more time outdoors. Okay. <laughs> you think that's what it is? I think so, yeah. Okay. Possibly. Um, Tulip Sadiq, how old is he? Uh, oh, so he, I think he'll be only be about five out. Uh, 58. Oh, no. He's 37. He's a... He's oh, a He's one of the new the breed. Whippersnapper. Okay. Yeah, Sorry, what oh, can you do? I wasn't familiar with his work. And, uh, you know, we had Dan Wooten in here the other day, the executive editor of The Sun, talking about the Beckhams, and yeah. he was going on about how they use the family, you know, as, as a marketing tool. Yeah. And you have to say, when you see the front row of her a fashion show yesterday, he's got a slight point. They're all there in the front row next to Anna Winter and Edward Enningfall, who's the editor of Vogue. Yeah. And, of course, they are in the prime... Seat the prime position. I, th- I think it was my kids. I'd say we go and sit in the back. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put them in the front. Tulip Siddiq's a woman. Oh, sorry, I do beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, I- I'm sure Tulip Siddiq's a woman, and he's saying he's this and he's that. Sorry, Tulip, if you're listening. If you're listening, Tulip. If you're listening, Tulip, uh, do two different stories. Actually, yeah. it wasn't. He's got no excuse. It's just, just uh, you know. He's... 
I'm blaming Pele. Yeah. And, um, uh, anyway, so, yeah. She, her clothes were fabulous. I, I think she's a brilliant designer, actually, as it goes. And um, well, you'd know that, Andy. You're, you know, you used to be. In the, you were in the fashion business. And, and she's you? going into uh, makeup, and it's it's sort of very woke makeup, as they say. Very woke makeup. Yeah. Yes, Victoria Beckham Beauty will be active and effective, but clean and kind. It'll use no parabens or sulfates. Oh, clean being a buzzword that resonates. Parabens all over me face. <laughs> customer thing. So there you go. So. Uh, Good, good luck to them. Yeah, good luck for that. Good luck with them for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, we asked you earlier on off the back of the Aspilicueta, who's not missed a training session for four years at Chelsea. Mm. What can you claim not to have missed for any length of time? James in Hampstead said, I've not missed a single episode of Neighbours for 22 years. Good Lord. I even remember the days of old jelly belly Harold Bishop <laughs> and his Madge. beloved wife Madge. If memory serves me correct, a rather gravely baritone, gravelly, not gravely, gravelly baritone voice. She did. Female Sean Dyche. What um, was her name? I met, we met her. She, I, I and Charleston. Yeah. You, that, I, you what, were off, I, saw, I think. No, I was here. No, you, I yeah. saw you work your magic that oh, day. Oh, yeah, did I? Well, because oh, yeah. she'd done all day of press and she was she didn't want to be here, did she? But no, she, that's you, right. you knew more about the show than she did. She'd been in it for 20 <laughs> yeah, years. She, she, she and you won her over. I did. She thought she was going to sit in front of someone, someone's going to say bouncer and, you know, Joe Mangle. But you were sitting, you were like the completest. <laughs> you were like a kind of specky anorak of the <laughs> not, world of neighbours. Not as good as the guy who's this fellow, is it? James in Hampton. James. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Michael was in the TalkSport studios last week chatting to uh, Sam Allardyce and uh, Alan Brazil and they got talking about uh, his uh, strike partners over the years and he had this to say. You know, a lot of the time the best centre-forward partnerships over the years have been when there's almost one really unselfish player and, and one selfish player. So you look back at the, you know, probably my career, let's say, well, Emil Heskey was probably my best foil um, and I'd say I was probably the more selfish one and, and he was unselfish. There we are. No, quite, crazy a, indeed. quite a compliment. Emil was with us in the studio. Uh, his autobiography, uh, even Heskey scored, um, is uh, <laughs> is out now. Uh, good to see you, Emil. Thanks for coming thank you, in. Thank you for having me. Uh, that's nice to hear that from Michael. You did yeah. have a good relationship with him on mm-hmm. the field, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. Uh, it started. It went back to England, eighteenth. Uh, he came into our side. He was that good. Yeah, um, <laughs> and he was probably the best player then as well. Uh, and it just clicked, you know, when someone just has, you, you have that understanding with someone, they, you understand where they want to be, where they're going to be, and and it was just something that went on from strength to strength from then. Yeah. Is it just, can you put your finger on why that is? Is it just a kind of, you just get a sort of sixth sense, an understanding yeah. with someone, think, you can't quite put your finger on why? Yeah, definitely. It's just an understanding that you have. Um, I understood that. When I look, at, when I look back at it, and there was, a, there was a particularly a goal against um, Villa. Yeah. At, at Anfield, I've robbed the ball um, of someone in the midfield and I've knocked it down the wing. I haven't even looked. Wow, well, really? I haven't even looked. You I just, just, cro- he'd, I, he'd I, I just crossed run. it. Yeah. And he knew where exactly where it needed to be. Wow. So little things like that, you know, when you're not looking and, and you're doing things, it's off the cuff and you know, you have this little sense that mm. I know he's gonna, where he's going to be. When you got back in the England team mm-hmm. under Steve McLaren, mm-hmm. uh, when you say in the book, it, Steve McLaren openly said, well, Michael says I should give you a recall, <laughs> which is a kind of compliment in yeah. some ways, but a bit weird in others. Yeah, I found <laughs> you a little bit weird at first, but thanks, Michael. Yeah, we got you back in. <laughs> the book is called Even Heskey Scored, and it, it goes back to a line that, that people used about the infamous 5-1 against uh, Germany. Mm. 
was I mean, an amazing result. Yeah, it yeah. was. I mean, how did you f- feel about that? Because uh, p- you say in the book, people often say, well, you didn't get that as many goals maybe for England as you should have done. But as Michael said there, you were an unselfish mm-hmm. player. You were a team player mm-hmm. to an extent, weren't you? Even though you are a goal scorer as well. Yeah, I, the, the thing is... I enjoyed being a team player as well because it is a team sport. Mm, yeah, people, of course. People forget mm. that at times. They pick up on pick up on one player, but without the other one, the other players, I don't think he would particularly be up there on that pedestal. No. But we're happy to do that, you know. And um, I was happy to play my role, and I enjoyed playing my role, to be honest with you. And because uh, I got I got just as much satisfaction satisfaction out of creating goals than I did the score. Mm. Right, he was on with Alan Shearer on Match of the Day mm. the other night with Gary yeah. Lineker, mm-hmm. and Gary said to them both, you know, how would Harry Kane be feeling tonight? Four goals in a match, and he hasn't scored. And Alan Shearer said he'd be be gutted. Yeah. But I mean, were you and like right? He said, that yeah. Too. But were you were you <laughs> like that? No, on? no. I would be happy that we won the game. It, it didn't necessarily bother me in that sense. Like, oh, we've we've. If I'd lost the game, yeah. But if we won the game four or five and Bayern scored, we've won. Yeah, <laughs> that, that result against Germany did wonders for German football. I mean, it completely. Well, they, it I don't know, they wouldn't have won they, the World Cup, would they? they yeah, they that. had to restock, didn't they? And um, yeah. mm. I was, uh, we were talking about it before, and that they, they obviously with your Ozils and people like that, they started to look towards the 18s and 21s, yeah. and seeing where the next, where the next batch is coming from, and then really focusing on them, focus on them that much that they went on to win uh, Euros mm. and World Cups. Yeah. Well, what do you remember before that game? I mean, did you did you feel, I mean, Carsten Janka scored the first goal, didn't he? So you're thinking, oh, blimey. But did, oh, yeah, did you feel, boys, feel before that game that you had a good chance? Yeah, we definitely. We were a very confident mm. bunch of lads so uh, and confident in the in the team that we had. Obviously, going 1-0 down wasn't uh, absolutely, uh, wasn't in the plan, to be honest with you. Yeah. But, um, it's funny because I was speaking to someone and he was, everyone knows where they are when they went, where they were when that game was being played. Yeah come up to me and said yeah I remember I was I was actually I went to the game didn't stand we was, had tickets on the halfway line but some some reason he said that he went behind the goal yeah and uh, I said to him well what, how were you feeling after seven, 10 minutes he went I wasn't happy at all <laughs> <laughs> I uh, one of my neighbours uh, she'd said to my wife that um, she was going to pop round as we'd got a new three piece suite she said oh we're look, thinking of getting one very well Carl come and have a look at it at some point and see if we like yours and it was about 20 minutes into the game. She knocked on the door and said, I've just popped. I said, no, 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 you're going to have to come back. So I'll never forget where I was. You, I mean, racing football is a, is a hot topic, a big topic. Mm-hmm. And uh, you haven't pulled your punches in it uh, in the book at all, have you? You've talked quite a lot about it. And, in, and it's been difficult, as it is for all black players. Mm-hmm. It was difficult mm-hmm. for you too. Yeah, definitely. Um you got to remember, growing up in the 80s, I was, I was 78, so growing up in the 80s, racism was normal. It was normal to be going down the street and to think about where you're actually walking. Mm-hmm. Think about what side of the street you're walking on. Mm-hmm. Little things like that. Um, uh, I talk about uh, being chased from the Leicester Stadium. At about, I think I'd have been about 13, 14. Ironically, that guy could have been chanting my name f- four years later. Yeah. Which is a little bit weird, and I, I I even look at fourteen year olds now and think, well, what? I've got no reason to even look at you, so I'm why would a why would a person chase me? Yeah, there's uh, there's a, one mm-hmm. you talk about a game England game in Bratislava. Yeah, and I mean you know having as you said live with with racism uh, in football and out of football, that still had the power of shock, didn't it? It's oh yeah, that was that was on a different. I didn't expect it. That on was a different thing. level. Yeah. I didn't expect it. Um, tell, tell us what happened. So we've we've got we've got we've taken the kickoff, 
Uh, took the kick off, pass it back to Bex, nothing. Pass it back to Scalzi, nothing. Come to me, boo. And then go to uh, uh, Ashley, then go back to Bex, fine. Go back to Ashley Cole, boo. Go back to Sol, boo. Then go back to another white player, nothing. And it wasn't until like, passing it around, and I think, oh, I understand what they're doing. I yeah. just thought they were booing me and I hadn't smashed anyone yet. Mm. So um, I was like, oh, what, what's going on? But in essence, I just got on with it. I didn't. I, I let it go over my head a little bit and, and just played my so game. These were monkey chants yeah, that you were, yeah. you were getting yeah. from all the black players on the field. And yeah. just, and, but on a different level to everything you'd ever Oh, yeah, no, no, before. no. We were not that big a crowd doing it all together. No. God yeah. damn me. I mean... <laughs> You like to think we've come a long way, but there's been... I'm not sure we have. There's been stuff going on recently, even in, mm. in this country, where we, we like to think that, you know, we've it's better than it than it has been in the past, but it, it, it's still a lot of work to do. Different there? ways that you can do it, isn't there? Um, now social media is the next platform that's been bombarded with it. Um, um, abroad as well with Lukaku um, getting it and then getting it from a presenter as well recently, saying, yeah. saying what he had to say. Um, I just don't get it. I don't get where their mind is to say some some of these things. Um, it's too easy to hide behind social media and say whatever you want. Mm. Um, that is something that's probably, uh, I'm guessing social media will have to address and will probably look at. Yeah, in the but long you've, you've got racism from the fans, but you've also got, and you talk about this, and perhaps we'll have a more extensive chat after the break, but mm -hmm. about the glass ceiling for black coaches, and that's mm -hmm. a that's a different problem altogether, I think. Yeah, that's a different problem altogether. At the end of the day, when you look at um, your likes of your, uh, I'll, I'll give you Dwight York. He's had his pro license. God knows how long he's had that for. What, mm. Where is he coached? Yeah, <laughs> and we've seen. I mean, he's played he, at the highest, highest yeah. level. Two I mean, guys, two guys you like and you played with have both gone into coaching quite quickly. Mm -hmm. Top level coaching in mm -hmm. Frank Lampard and Stephen Gerrard. You, yeah, you yeah, say, yeah. and um, yeah, look, look I, I, I said it, and uh, I believe they probably deserve the chance to go into that. Yeah, but when you look at Sol Campbell, who uh, at the time had his pro license, or oh, he still got, his, obviously got his pro license. The the two the two other players didn't have their pro license. They were working towards their pro license, but they're up here and he's down there. And mm. then you can say, "Oh yeah, but it's medals. He's won more than more medals, just nah, as many medals as the others." Yeah. Uh, he's actually, done a great actually, job at Macclesfield, but now you, he, you know he hasn't take, uh, got another job yet. You, uh, uh, you hope he will. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. He's just got to bide his time, like everyone else. Uh, they keep saying. Has it has it put you off of going, kind of <laughs> doing your pro license well, and putting the the time the in that you is, need to? The thing is, um, we we. Everyone keeps telling you, go and get your badges, go and get your badges. They can't turn you down. Well, they can turn you down with your badges or without your badges. Now, if they really want you in there, they'll they'll bring you in there. Um, I look at uh, the likes of Sol with his badges. I look at the likes of Andy Cole with his badges. I look at the likes of uh, 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 Les Ferdinand, who's obviously got a different job, but he had his badges. Um, uh, uh, um, Dwight York with his badges. Mm. I, can, I can keep going on and on. Michael Johnson with his badges. Um, Mark has just started working with England with Chrissy Powell, hasn't what, he? They're, they're, it'd be interesting to see what he actually yeah. does. Is he at coaching or is he just observing? Mm. Um, it'd be interesting to see. And, and I think Jason Yule's uh, doing as well, which right, is okay. great. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Don't ask me. Yeah, quick, don't ask me. We better play on, Andy. We spoke to okay. Mark Wilson, our rugby league man, on Friday. There were four teams yeah. in the uh, shake-up that right. could potentially go down. Can you tell me two of them? London Broncos. Yes. Yeah. And who else was in there? Uh, 
and not Warrington. No, they're up no, there. No, not Warrington. Uh, no, London Broncos and uh, Huddersfield. Yeah, well done. Yeah, Wakefield what against Hull KR. No, it wasn't. I was thinking <laughs> that before. I'm trying to remember. We spoke to Ainsley Harriet on Thursday, who yeah. told us we're quite shocked by a, a statistic that he told us about the thing people do when their takeaway turns up. They cheer. They cheer when they're taken. They cheer. That's right. Graham Stack joined us, uh, former Arsenal keeper, now head of academy at which club? Head of goalkeeper for Uh, the academy. Graham Stack's head of the academy at Watford. Watford, well done, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Why did we speak to Winchester City FC commercial director Matt Richbell last Tuesday? Did we? Yeah. Really? No. What was it? Taunton Town. Drum oh, they drank dry. them dry. Drum yeah, them dry. yeah. We were saying John would have loved and it. And finally, yeah. the uh, the uh, the World Black Pudding Throwing Championships uh, took place. Ramsbottom. Yeah, that's it. Well done. Oh, you even guessed the answer. Uh, that's it. We'll see you tomorrow. I thought you were going to ask me about Sam Fender. I'd done a bit of study. Oh, no, I didn't it'd make it a bit harder. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon show. What about that? Elliot, Elliot could have got himself so a nice good, cushy job. <laughs> Would have been brilliant here at the uh, if the company. We ended up at CEO or something. It could have been, yeah, and he could have sacked us. Um, so there we are. Uh, we're back tomorrow. Comedian Manchester United fan Keiko pops in to see us, amongst other things. Until then, have a fine evening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four p.m. on Talksport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.